0: normally uh christmas time is kind of one of those uh i know for a lot of you it's like you know some of you like live for christmas i don't um and for me christmas is you know um about the extent of christmas for me was hanging outside lights and um i normally do that on thanksgiving uh because it's nice and warm and i hang them in such a way that then and January, I can literally stand on the ground and just pull, because we used to do the whole house, I mean, we used to do the thing, and we used to do the deal thing, there were probably what used to be, there were probably, I guess when it was all said and done, I'd put up uh, probably close to 20 strands of lights, you know, the icicle hanging things and stuff like that, well, this year it was cold, I didn't want to do it, so I didn't, Um, and um, then uh, Josh came up with this really great idea he saw on the internet. And he wanted to do this for his house. So he was over one day, and we did it for his house. And Jean saw it, and she said, that's what I want to do for us. And I thought, now, wait a minute. If I do that, for the rest of my life, I only have to hang two strands of light. So this was my solution. Uh, you got, the, got my little slide there, guys, of the Grinch? Okay, so this is what I did. We made a six-foot-high Grinch. I put up two strands of light. Grinch stole all my lights, so I'm good. Um, so I'm really good. So this is what this is what my house looks like now. I got rid of all I did all those twenty plus strands of lights, whatever. Done. Done. Um, okay, you can take it down because. Uh, but anyway, that's so that's in the front of my house. So far, my dog hasn't eaten it, so we're good. Um, but uh, okay, okay. Um, and then Jean, you know, she likes Christmas, and that's like her thing, and um, she. Wanted to do the tree. So I didn't want to do the tree. So me helping her, it's like she said. She said, you know, you talk a lot about this empty nest thing and how wonderful it is. Well, it ain't wonderful when it comes to Christmas because you're, you're just like a Scrooge. I'm like Scrooge and Grinch together. And so, you know, we got the cr- tree down. Well, the tree that we have, we finally got one of those pre-lit things, you know. And so last year, what I did was I flipped all the branches up, bungied it, carried it upstairs, put a bag over it, put it in a closet, called it good. So when she said, let's go get down the Christmas stuff, literally all I had to do was bring the tree down, unbungee it, plop, plug it in. But even then I griped and complained and everything else. So, um, and so anyway, so, and then when I get it all down, the bottom strand of lights doesn't work. And so... I go on Amazon and buy this really fancy light fixer thingy that does everything, not realizing that it works great for strands of light, but if you have to go through every individual light, climbing under the tree and doing it all, so if you come over at our tree, the bottom strand's still not lit, I think I'm just going to plug in a bunch of white lights and shove it in there and call it good, but, and then the star on the top of the tree, I plugged it in, and it didn't work, and so I thought, okay, no problem, I'll just Pull out the little fuse. Well, the fuse, the fuse wasn't the fuse, so it's one of the lights, and the lights are inside, and it's wire, it's zip tied all the way around. So I have to cut all the zip ties and check the lights, and then put it back together. And so, so the star doesn't work either. Um, so I, I say all that because my whole Christmas season has been absorbed with this light thing. All right, of. Outside lights and bottom row Christmas lights and 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 this thing. When we plugged in this thing, there were like three sections that didn't work. We prayed over it because I didn't even want to mess with this thing. But now it's worked. Every Sunday I come in and I plug it in. It's like, oh, it works. All of the lights work. I'm not touching anything. Uh, so so it's just it's been one of those seasons where lights. Are, so in my reading and in my studying. That kind of started influencing a little bit, kind of where I'm going this morning. All right? I tell you all that to to tell you this because I started really thinking about this whole concept of lights in the Christmas story. And the more I started thinking about it, the more I started reading about it, the more I started looking at it, the more I started to realize you know what? This is a pretty big theme. This is an incredible theme that starts all the way in Genesis where God makes light come to Revelation, where Jesus is the light of the city. And I started looking at the Christmas story and the role of lights in it and and found some pretty interesting things. So um, let me take you a little bit through that idea this morning, and that's why the light, because I want it to be obnoxious and I want it to be noticeable. But it's not the only light that's on up here. There's a reason for that as well. We'll get to that. Um, So this whole concept of of lights has kind of been the thing. What you need to understand is that when we get to the gospel accounts in the life of Jesus, um, we see another interesting idea. Each each gospel writer writes about Jesus from a different perspective. He, He shows a different side of Jesus, if you will. So when Matthew is writing, Matthew is trying to show Jesus as king. And so when Matthew writes, there's a lot of references to kings and that kind of thing. Well, if you think about it, a king's family heritage is very, very important. You need to prove that he is of a lineage of kings. So Matthew, it's very important that Matthew includes the lineage of Christ. So you have the Christmas story in Matthew. Mark, he's trying to show Jesus as a servant. Well, nobody cares when a servant's born, and nobody cares when a servant died. A servant is a servant. so Mark doesn't say anything about the birth of Jesus. Um, luke is presenting luke 's physician, so Luke talks about Jesus as the perfect man he's writing to a to a Greek world that was a big big concept so he he's showing jesus as the as the perfect man, the son of man well. When we were born, we celebrate our birthday, so that becomes important. So you find the Gospel of Luke talking about the birth of Jesus. The Gospel of John is presenting Jesus as the Son of God. So you don't have anything in John about Jesus being born, but you do have a reference in John chapter 1 to Jesus as God in the beginning. So we're going to look at that, and so... We're not looking at Mark but we're going to look at accounts with the idea of light in those three gospels so here we go uh here's matthew's account uh let's look at his first here's what he says um this is talking about the um the uh wise uh the wise men and it says after they had heard the king, they went on their way in other words they came to the king and said, where is he that's going to be born son of the uh son of you know son of uh uh God, and, and, and they say, the king tells them, says, look, you go look for him, and then you come back. Um, it says, after they had heard the king, uh, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose ahead went over and stopped in the place where the child was. So there was a light that led the Magi, and eventually this light, this star, settles over top of uh, where Jesus is, is staying, at Bethlehem. don't Don't go tearing apart your manger scenes, but... You need to understand, by this point, Jesus is in a house. By this point, there's no manger. By this point, you know, it's the three wise men coming to see Jesus. He's already been in the whole manger thing. So it says, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother married. They bowed down and worshipped him. They opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So in this story, in Matthew's account, we see a light leading the wise men, all right? In Luke's account, here's what Luke says. Luke talks about the shepherds, and Luke says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terrified. In other words, these guys are out out uh, just taking care of their sheep, and all of a sudden, basically, heaven opens up, so to speak. And there's light, and there's, you know, it's like, Wow. And it says, and they were terrified, and the angel said, don't be afraid, I bring you good news, and it will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David a Savior is born, he's Messiah, the Lord, this will be a sign unto you, you shall find the baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly apostles appeared with the angels, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. So, in that account, the shepherds just see this incredible light of the angels and the glory of God, and everything else is just overwhelming to them. So we see that idea of light. In John, which is presenting Jesus as the Son of God, listen to what John says. In John chapter 1, uh, got it, guys? Uh, there we go. In the beginning was the Word. In other words, he's presenting God, Jesus is God. He says, In the beginning was the Word. The word here in this phrase would be Jesus, okay? It's the Logos concept. It's a big theological thing. But he said, and the Word was God, was with God, and the Word was God. He was God in the beginning. Through all things, through him, all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. So he said, you know, God is the creator, and Jesus is there at creation. And then he goes on to say this. And him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness comprehends it not. He's going to go on a little bit to say, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld His glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Later in John, Jesus is going to come to a group of people, and He's going to say, I am the light of the world. And you're going to have to believe in Me if you really want salvation. So we see this light idea throughout really the story of Jesus. And that's kind of what I want to talk about this morning a little bit. I want us to just wrestle with, for a few minutes, this whole idea and this whole concept of light, because I think it has a lot of lessons for us in the Christmas story. One of the first things you see about light is that light does not power itself. Light is powered by something else. Um, If I were to, like, my Christmas lights don't work because there's something... That is a disconnect with the power, either the bulb or the fuse or electricity. Um, This candle stays lit because there's, there's wax that's keeping it burning. In the Old Testament, it was oil. That light is on because it's plugged into an outlet, and the filament runs across the little thing, and it makes light. What you need to understand is the concept, a very simple concept, but light is always powered by something else. Even Jesus when he's here. He's God, but look at how connected he is to the Father. How many times do you see Jesus saying, not my will, but yours be done? How many times do you see Jesus saying, I need to spend time with the Father? I need to connect with the Father. I need to be, be in, in, in fellowship with the father and so he's often every time he tries to go away and spend time with the father something comes up and he's constantly torn back and forth between the needs of the people wanting to spend time with the father and you see this idea that 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 jesus is in the same way that light is connected jesus is the light of the world is connected to the father incredibly so um and it's the idea that 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 he has that 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 connection to god i understand he is god He comes to do the will of the Father. And the will of the Father is always of utmost importance to Him. That's why at at Gethsemane He cries out, Lord, not my will, but Your will be done. Not what I want, because, you know, I I really don't want to do this. Because this means that you and I are going to be separated for a moment. I think that's why, by the way... What happens at the cross? Do you remember what happens at the cross when the sins of the world are laid on Jesus? Darkness. Darkness. Darkness comes because all of a sudden now, the sins of the world, and God the Father, as Martin Luther says, God the Father had to turn his back on God the Son. God forsaken of God. Who can understand it? Because when our sin is laid upon Jesus Christ, God the Father can no longer look. That, 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 that connection has to separate. And, and at that moment, it is so overwhelming that the world goes dark. Why? Because the light of the world had to be separated. That, that's just an incredible concept. But you see, one of the things you see about light is it, it's got to have a source. It's got to be connected to something. Here's the other thing that I think you notice about light. It's quiet. You don't hear that candle burning, do you? You don't hear the electricity running through the light bulb, do you? But yet it's incredibly powerful. It's one of those quiet things, but it really makes an impact. Um, These plants, um, I don't know if you know this or not, but every week we have to turn this plant. You know why? Because photosynthesis, remember that biology? Photosynthesis, the light is what causes it to grow. The light, it converts that energy from the light into growth to make it do what it has to do. And so we have to spin this thing around because during the week when this is all dark, the light's coming in here and all the leaves go, we want to go that way? See, light's one of those incredibly powerful things that can create growth, that... that, um, we can, we can power houses with it when we can harness that. That's the whole idea behind solar electricity and that kind of thing. Um, it's, an, it's incredibly powerful. Um, and, and you need to understand that, that, that when Jesus is on this earth, his, he is the light of the world, is incredibly powerful. He's able to do some amazing things. But light... Not only, I mean, it's not only—I mean—it's not only powerful. It's not only—it's not only has to be connected to something, but the other aspect of it is it's active. See, I don't know if you understand it or not, but that flame traveling to your eye travels at a speed of 186,000 miles a second. That's how fast we call it the speed of light. It travels that fast. It's, it's, it, it's that, it's that, it has that kind of impact. It's, it, it, it's something that is active. And when you see Jesus, one of the things that you see is you see Jesus being incredibly active in the lives of people. You see him reflecting and pointing. I, I, um, one guy said it this way. I heard this for years in college. Um, the most important light in your house is not the chandelier in your dining room. It's the nightlight in your bathroom. Because, you know, that little night light, the middle of the night, keeps you from banging into an awful lot of stuff. <coughs> it's that little hallway light that keeps you from banging your toes and all of that kind of thing. Why? Because, it, and and those are little light. We have those glow things, you know what I'm talking about? You know, we have those glow things plugged in all over our house. Um, and, and then the other thing is, um, if if you gave me the option, I'd live in a cave. Okay. Because um, my, my eyes get really sensitive to light for some reason. And so I, 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 would, be a great, I would be a great caveman. That, that's like, that would be my world. Um, my wife's always like, she's like, Are you, were you like a bat in a previous life? Um, <laughs> you know, because she doesn't get it. I mean, I don't, I, I, dark. I want dark, dark, dark. Not, no light whatsoever. I, I have, <laughs> I mean, my wife thinks I'm crazy. But I have those light those light blinds, you know, that block out all light, and then I pull curtains in front of those that block out all light. So, honestly, it, you could go, when I get it all pulled down like I want it, you go into my bedroom at 3 o'clock in the afternoon and think it's midnight. Um, because I, light really, really bothers me that way. Um, because, it, 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 I don't know, my eyes are just real sensitive to light that way. Because one of the things that light does is is it reveals, it points the way, it directs, it it reflects stuff. And it has that kind of influence. And and that's what Jesus does. He comes and He says, I'm the light of the world. I, I, I want to point you to God, and I'm going to show you what it looks like. If God were to come to this world and walk as a human being, I want to show you what it looks like. And Jesus does that for 33 years. And He points the way. Often you hear Jesus saying, you know... Um, it's it's about the Father. And he tries to drive everything to that point, to point everybody towards God. I say all that to say this. Light is one of those things that you see in the life of Christ. You see it in his birth. You see it in his ministry. And you see it in, in him coming to us and basically saying this. I'm the light of the world, but when I go... That's your job now. It's your job to be light in a dark world, and that's kind of what I want to take us to this morning in the Christmas story. I want you to just stop for a few minutes and step back and think about that idea of Jesus coming as light in a dark world, Jesus walking among us. I mean, you know, I I come back to the the Christmas story, which is so amazing. Think about it for a minute. God born and placed in a manger. You know, we see these kind of mangers, okay? You know what a manger was in that time? It's a feeding trough. So you go and you go home and you look at where you feed your animals, you look at that dog dish, or that cat dish, or that dog water thing, and that, that, that thing that you put water in for the cats, or, or you go out to the barn and you look at what, what your horses are eating out of, or, or what your pig or your, your hog. And I want you to think about for a minute, we got a little baby in here, who was a little one. Okay, we got one over there. Okay, How old is that one? Okay. Let's take her. Okay, she's going to visit your house this afternoon. She's going to come and say, I need to put my baby down for a little bit. You got a dog dish? We would haul her off for abuse if she would do something like that. And yet, God himself says, I can be born anywhere in the world. Put me in a feeding trough. Because you see, I'm going to show you that when God comes to earth, it's not about Him. It's about the Father. It's not about the glory coming to me. It's about the glory going to the Father. See, I'm coming here to serve and to take your place. It's not about me. Because it's about Him. Philippians chapter 2, He would have never left heaven. It wasn't about Him. He said, I'm going to come as a servant. And I'm going to give my life a ransom for many. Because I love you that much. I'm going to be a light so that you and I can get to God. And he says, so Jesus comes as that light. And then here's what he does. He offers himself as that light to you and me. He says, look, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to come as a light. I'm going to come as a servant. I'm going to point the way to God. I'm going to show you how to have eternal life. I'm going to live 33 plus years here, and I'm never going to sin. I'm never going to be impacted by sin. I'm not going to sin. I'm not going to choose to sin. I'm I'm going to be sinless. And I'm going to die, and I'm going to give my life on the cross for you. Because you see, if I can do that, then my righteousness can be offered to you. And so I'm going to offer you eternal life. I'm going to offer you forgiveness of sins. I'm going to take care of all of that. And I'll go to the cross for you. And listen, if you think for a minute that Jesus is going to go through all of that and give his life for you and offer you eternal life and offer you forgiveness of sins, and all you have to do is accept it, And you spend your entire life on this planet and you reject it and you say, no, 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 no. And you take your last breath and you stand before an almighty God. And you can look at that God and say, you know, look, I just didn't think it was that big a deal. There's no question, the Bible's very clear, God's going to say, depart from me, I don't know you. I offered you a way to have eternal life with me and you rejected it. Now, I have no choice but to reject you. And you need to understand, there's a lot of things in this world you can be wrong about. You decided to wear the blue shirt today instead of the yellow one, no big deal. You decide to buy a car that you really can't afford, going to be a struggle, but no big deal. You can get over stuff like that. This is one decision you cannot be wrong on. And you have to make sure that you have accepted God's gift of eternal life. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. You can't do anything for it. Except, the only thing you can do is accept it. That's it. And I beg you, the whole Christmas story is about the idea of a God who loved us so much that he gave his life for us as a light to point the way to God. And it's my prayer that everyone in here has done that. And you come to a point where you say, I realize that I'm a sinner. I realize I need a Savior. I realize God paid the way. And that's what I'm trusting in for my eternal life. Nothing else. Nothing else. Jesus plus nothing. That's what it's about. And that is so important. That's what this story is all about. And for those of you that have done that, can I remind you of something? You are now to be a light to those around you in your world. And for some of you, you're kind of like this kind of light. It just kind of sits off on the side, doesn't really pay attention. But i got news for you. If we shut off every light in this building, at midnight, you'll be really happy for that little light. And some of you are in places where it's pretty dark. And you're surrounded by a lot of garbage. And you're surrounded by a very, very dark, hard, difficult world. But God has taken you and placed you as a light. Quiet, powerful, effective, being a light in a dark corner of the world. That's what he has called you to do. And some of you, you're more like this light over here. It's kind of large and obnoxious. That's why everybody's like, oh, you got it's like blinding, get it out of the way. Some of you, God has placed you in roles at work or in your community, or in your position, or whatever else, where you have influence over a lot of people, and you have a lot of people who are watching you, and, and, and whatever you do, they kind of take and magnify. Look, you know as well as I do. If you're a Christian, and everybody at work knows you're a Christian, people all day long can swear, cuss, do anything. You try to say one cuss word in a year, And they won't forget it. Why? Why? Because they're watching. They're noticing the light. That's exactly what you're supposed to be doing. That's exactly what we're supposed to be doing. That's why every time, I mean, they zeroed in so much on the ministry of Christ, they're like, okay, we are going to do everything we can to pick his life apart and find something he did wrong. And no matter what they came up with, they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. Why? Because he was a light, and everybody noticed him. And everybody, and, so, and he was trying to point the way to God. In order to point the way to God, he had to be really careful what he said and what he did and how he responded. And some of you are doing that. You're trying to be that light at work, and you're trying to be that testimony. And yeah, okay, there's times that you drop the ball, but as a whole, you're working really hard towards being that light that you should be. And you know as well as I do, people are just watching And they are waiting. And that's okay. That's okay because you know what it means? It means they're paying attention. And that's not a bad thing. Because the goal is for you to quietly live that kind of light in a dark world. And one day their world will come crashing down or they'll be up against something they've never been up against. And they're not going to know where to turn. And you mark my words. They don't turn to their drinking friends. They don't turn to their party friends. They turn to people who have been a light. And they come to you with something like, Look, I know you do that like God thing. How's that work for you? 'Cause I, I don't know what to do here. Can you help me? Can you give me some ideas? I you know, I noticed that you know everybody else has all been out of shape over this, but you don't seem rattled by this. Why? And you have an opportunity to say, you know what? It's because I put my faith and trust in Christ, and Christ empowers me to live as a light to other people. Because I can't do it on my own. I have the same reaction you do. When they came in and made cuts across the board and told us we weren't getting a raise and nobody was getting promoted, I feel just the same way you do. But I handle it differently because I have a different source. And that source tells me to support my leaders, to pray for my bosses, to work as if I'm working for Christ. And if I'm working for Christ, it doesn't matter what I'm paid. It doesn't matter about the promotion. God has something better for me, and I need to trust Him. It gives you a different outlet. Why? Because there's a different source. And I just want to encourage you that as you think about the Christmas story, and as you're driving around and you see the lights, and if you're like me and you go home and one strand's out and it's frustrating and, 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 and you want to get it fixed but you don't know what to do, and it's just a reminder that, you know what, we need to be light. And a reminder that Jesus came as the light of the world. And so my challenge to you is to really understand that. And if you've never put your faith and trust in Christ, please, 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 understand it's one decision you can't be wrong about. Because it's one decision you don't get a do-over or a mulligan or get another shot at. And as long as you're breathing, you have an opportunity to receive the gift of eternal life and forgiveness of sins from Jesus Christ. But the second your heart stops and you take your last breath, you don't get, you're not going to get a second chance. For those of you that have put your faith and trust in Christ and you've received that gift, you ever noticed around here when somebody gets engaged? You ever noticed what they do? They tell everybody. Usually they want to stand up and say something, or they walk around church like this, You know, look like an elephant, look like a walking elephant, you know, going around going, you know, uh, you know, you know, you've never seen them walk. You know, okay, something's big that's happened. Why? Because they're excited about what's happened in their life. And I think sometimes we lose that. I think sometimes we forget what we really got. I think sometimes we forget the idea that, you know what? We have Christ in us. We have a source the world doesn't have. We have an opportunity the world doesn't have. We, have. we can be a light to others to help others. And you know what? That's a tremendous opportunity. It's a tremendous responsibility. And it's something we need to take, I think, a little more seriously. So if you feel like you're kind of getting under the gun over the holidays because of your Christianity, encourage yourself. That's a good thing. Because it means people are noticing be a light. So my prayer, I end with this. This Christmas season is a reminder that Jesus came as a light to point the way to God. It's important each of us examines our life to make sure that we have our trust in Christ alone. And then as a Christian, we have a responsibility to be a light to all of those that we come in contact with this season. Let's pray. Lord, use us. Help us. us. Lord, it's sometimes easy to forget that people are watching, but Lord, they are. Many of them need hope. Many of them need Christ. Many of them need an opportunity or, or, or an understanding, Lord, of what this season's really all about. And Lord, we have that, that privilege and that opportunity. So help us to reflect you well, in all we say, and in all we do, and when it is all said and done, Lord. May the world see Christ in us. And may you work in their lives as only you can. These things we ask in your name. Amen. Um, Let's stand together.